0: Girls, it's your boys lockdown back again for episode 10. Question mark,
1: think so. like that. yeah, some, episode yeah. 10.
0: Episode yeah, 10. we're in the double digits. Oh, shoot, we are making our <laughs> way up. Um, it is playoff Saturday, opening round of the playoffs, NFL playoffs start today. Uh, how are you guys feeling about We're gonna get into some news next before we get into our predictions for the show today. What are you guys feeling? Are you stoked for the playoffs or what?
1: I'm pumped.
2: I'm excited, but I'm getting worried about my pick, dude. I'm not going to lie. My my Cowboys pick has been stressing me out.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, it's a toss-up, oh, man. I know man. what you're just saying before the show starts. The, the like it the whole playoffs this year is a toss-up. Anything could happen. Everything
1: it's unpredictable.
0: There's yeah. not a set pick that's like, oh, they're definitely getting – because there's a, there's a big yeah. weakness in every team. So – we, uh, yeah, we got we got a lot to dive into, so we're not gonna fool around. But we want to get into some uh, news that broke this week. Uh, after a lot of, uh, to be honest, BS that went down, Antonio ba- Antonio Brown reportedly once out of Pittsburgh uh, after getting deactivated in the season finale last week due to uh, kind of misbehavior that would have kicked him out of. Pretty much, I mean, any other team. What was
2: he? He, he didn't show up for practice. I, I, what,
0: what was the story behind it? He didn't show up for practice. That's right. That's right.
2: Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. uh The training staff, he wasn't injured. He just didn't show up for practice. Pretty much no-call, no-showed his job for three days straight. Showed up on Sunday and was just like, yeah, I'm going play. And Mike Tomlin was like, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> it's it didn't, good that so, Tom, you know. Tomlin's got to view him as, as any other player in that po- at that point. Yeah. Because it's like. You're gonna skip practice? Okay, you're not playing. Sorry. Yeah, yeah.
0: And the part that bothered me was that Mike Tomlin initially he said last week that Brown's knee was feeling uncomfortable. That's why he didn't come to practice. So it's like Mike Tomlin's been covering up for the yeah, guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: That's what Tomlin's always done, man. It's like he'll he'll deal with someone's like attitude until he can replace them. Now they have Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm. So now he doesn't really mind benching Antonio Brown because they can still win a football game because they have a guy like Juju. Yeah. It's not like they're, it's not, it's not like they don't have anybody at wide receiver anymore. Right, So, right. that's the way that Tomlin, th- that's the way he's kind of always been, though, so.
0: He has no, con- he's never has, he never has had control of the locker room and this is just a continued uh, issue that that's showing again with, first with Le'Veon, Ben Roethlisberger, his whole career has had issues with the locker yeah. room when, since Tomlin's been at the helm, but, now Antonio Brown. So uh, this morning, Ian Rappaport reported that uh, uh, the Steelers are going to be open to uh, hear trades for Antonio, and the, at least they want a first-round pick at the minimum. So I, I mean, look. So I heard a, I, re- I forgot his name, but I heard a reporter this week say that you know Antonio Brown should not be an All-Pro wide receiver. He's no longer in the top twenty wide receivers. I thought that I was a little ridiculous that. because he's amazing. What, whether he's a diva or not, he is amazing. He's a great wide receiver that any team uh, logistically would want to have on their team, minus all the locker room drama. Maybe, and I know we're looking at it almost as if, too, that this could just be a Pittsburgh issue with Antonio. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is he a class A diva anywhere he goes, or do you think it's just an issue he has with the Steelers?
2: No, I think, I think the last two weeks have been really showing of his character. Um, Ryan Clark kind of called him out on ESPN.
1: Right. And he yep. called
2: him an, he called him an Uncle Tom, which is kind of like a slang racist term that they used to use right. back in like the 30s and 40s. Um and uh, you know, it's the, you know, now reports are coming out that all his years in Pittsburgh, whenever he doesn't get the ball, he's over there throwing tantrums. Right. You know, he has two receptions a game and he's throwing tantrums. It's kind of now coming out that's just kind of who he is. And he's so good before that like people just tried to downplay it. But I think if you're Pittsburgh, you got to deal a guy. You know, it doesn't. It depends on what you can get for him. Obviously, the 49ers. I'm hearing the 49ers are like pretty big trade targets for this guy. They need a guy. They need. A, they need a target other than George Skittle, as Chris calls it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> George Kittle. <laughs> they need another target. He's a fantastic tight end, but they need like a. They need a. They need a one at the wide receiver position when Jimmy G comes back. They have a lot of assets they can trade for Antonio Brown. And then all of a sudden now they have a legit offense. But I mean, we'll see what they do. Yeah, yeah, wait till
1: Jimmy G gets healthy, and they could be really good. I've heard that OBJ might go to San Francisco the too. Talks, yeah, which I – I mean – I don't see it happening, but <laughs> – <laughs> the, the
0: Giants are kind of – I heard reports that Eli is going to be out, which I'm kind of hoping for. I've heard reports that OBJ is going out. Like, so I don't know. Like At this point, I think it's that point in the season where we're getting a lot of talks about – What's uh, potential off-season uh, tra- uh, transitions and changes, but it's not actually going to happen until after the Super Bowl. So it's just like that waiting period right now of fig- kind of figuring out what the off is going to look like, and it's going to be crazy, especially because after Black Monday, uh, famously known as honestly one of the worst days in the NFL, um, we had was it eight head coaching firings.
1: I think no. there were six, but there were two jobs that were are, vacant before yeah, that. So there are totally, currently yeah. eight openings.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eight openings going into the offseason. Crazy. Uh, I don't have the list of teams in front of me, but they're in- including the Jets, Cardinals, Broncos, Packers, Dolphins, uh, the list. Yeah, eight teams total. Uh, what are your guys' general thoughts on the openings going into the offseason and the firings of the head coaches?
1: My team think, better get a good coach.
2: <laughs> I think that was a good I – th- I think most of them are good firings. I think yeah, Vance yeah. Joseph should have been out of there. The only one I struggle with is Adam Gates, really. I mean he's yeah. done a fantastic job with what he was given. He had like no talent. And then he would go, to, he would go into – he would go into New England and he would challenge them. And then he would beat New England in Miami with no, literally no talent, no offensive line, you know, no secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, and he would go in there and he would still – he would scheme it up and he would beat them. And I think he's done a fantastic job as the coach. I, I don't think I don't think they're going to do any better. I think they're going to bring somebody in. They're going to be even worse because of the Miami Dolphins and their bad franchise.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for Adam Gase wherever he gets signed. Like he like you're saying, he didn't really get the chance. was it two or three years. He was with Miami. He was like, three years. He was three. Yeah. Yeah. He never really got a good look or a good shot, and he had some good wins, but he never had the team. So, where I think he had an interview with, he had an interview with Green Bay, and he had it was like
1: three with, teams at least. With oh, I, for, I forgot the other two. I teams. I think it was. But, let's see, uh, the Cardinals.
2: Whoa. Green Bay would be great for him. I didn't even think about that. Yeah,
1: yeah I know. <laughs> I was excited okay, The Cardinals that. and the yeah. Jets are other teams that are interested in him. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, Cardinals would be great too. He, he gets to work with Josh Rosen. He needs some help.
1: But we've seen like, what he's done with Peyton, age, with Peyton and with Tim Tebow. I think he was with him, and I can't remember who he was with. But when he was with the Broncos, he was amazing. Um, and then he was he was good in, in Chicago. He Cutler. Jay Cutler, yeah, yeah. He, he's proven that he's really good in this league. So wherever he goes, I think he'll be successful. I don't know what the Dolphins were thinking. Their front office is just all messed the, up. I mean,
0: it's been like this yeah. since like, like the, the worst in the league, freaking nineties. Yeah. It's always been like that in Miami. Um, uh, Another uh, interesting team to be looking at is the Jets coming into the offseason because this is a team with a quarterback in Sam Darnold uh, and a uh, honestly a defense that wasn't that great but didn't get the the clout they deserved at times of – like I, th- this, really is like it's, it's. I think it's a decent team that just had the bad coaching under Todd Bowles. So I and it, I think f- kind of similar. I mean, it's hard to compare the two because they're two different quarterbacks. But you look at Green Bay, right? It's kind of like the dream spot for a, a coach right now with a guy like it, pretty much you're just filling in a void of let me just give Rogers a good scheme and we should be go- good. right? That's why I look at like Josh McDaniels. Of if he were to get into Green Bay, I think it'd be perfect for Rodgers. Similar with New the Jets. You get a, a moldable and young quarterback in Sam Darnold who has probably the most potential out of this past draft class. That should be an exciting role, role for a head coach coming in, yeah. you know?
1: So. Yeah, looking at the, uh, the head coaches that they're interested in or that they've already interviewed, it seems like every guy that's on their list is an offensive-minded coach. There's, yeah. not, no, there's only one guy that's defensive, and it's Chris Richard from the Cowboys, defensive backs yeah. coach.
2: Yeah. He's he he might he might get a head coaching job this offseason.
1: Yeah, he's he's a great coach. He was good in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: But my m- honestly, my only worry about the head coach search is that if somebody signs Hugh Jackson as a head coach, I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Williams took his team that looked like garbage and made it a very good football team, and yeah. that alone should be like. Okay, yeah, Hugh Jackson shouldn't be a head coach because Greg Williams isn't even like, uh, he's never,
1: he's never he's even been even, a head coach. Yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> so, I mean, that should tell you a lot about Hugh and uh, how incompetent he is at the job, really.
1: He's better off as a coordinator yeah. for sure. If the
2: Bengals sign him, I'm going to I'm gonna freak out. They're going to give Hugh
1: Jackson or Vance Joseph. I'm telling you. Oh it's my God. it's probably you. happening.
2: <laughs> you freak
1: out. I'm, I would not be shocked at all. <laughs>
0: it's probably going to happen. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm sorry, yeah. Bengals fans. Yeah. You guys have any, any other notes on head coaching?
1: The, uh, well, the Broncos news, they've interviewed three people so far. We've got two more to go. They okay. have uh, Chuck Pagano, uh, Zach Taylor from the Rams. It's only 35. would be interesting. Hmm. Mike Munchak, Vic Fangio from the Bears, and Brian Flores from the Pats.
0: Brian Flores has been getting a lot of phone calls recently. Yeah, like, he's I, had at least five interviews. Some
1: reason, I just have a feeling he's going to be another Vance Joseph to me. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, he's been in the pet system for a while, so it's it's different. But eh, I don't know. There's potential for it. I, I'm thinking it's going to be either Fangio, Pagano, or Zach Taylor. Mm-hmm. I think
2: I think Fangio might get that because he's,
1: yeah. he's, he's he's good. one of those
2: he's one of those like hard nosed like old school guys. So. He's
1: Sixty, too. Zach, so it's yeah. uh, and Zach Taylor at this point, you know, with all the new RPO run pass option and all the new offensive schemes that are going on, it may be better for us to have a new, fresh mind, young guy in there. But I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Hopefully, Elway makes a good decision there. mm mm-hmm.
0: Um. So yeah, a lot, a lot of big head coaching news. Um. We are gonna watch that and the, like, I'm telling you, this off season's gonna be crazy. Oh yeah, a lot, a lot of big changes coming, um, but that's in the future. Let's look at the now. We have two games today at 4:30 and eight, and tomorrow at one and four. Uh, so we're gonna get into some playoff talk. Let's get started with the 4:30 game today on ESPN: Colts versus Texans. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this one?
2: You already know my thoughts. Listen, the Colts, the Colts. Are actually, a really solid football team. I've underestimated them all year. Yeah. They have a lot of really great young players, especially on that defense. That team is a good team, man. They really are. You know, and Andrew Luck, even against the Titans, still made the mistakes he, d- he made. But at the end of the day, his team was able to make up for it. And he was able to make up for it, really. But I don't know. I think Deshaun's going to take this. I, I, think, I think the Texans are going to – I think Andrew Luck's going to make one or two of the mistakes he usually does. I think the Texans are actually going to be able to uh, capitalize on those mistakes. And I think they're going to be able to pull away. I think it'll be kind of low, though. I think it'll be like 24-20. Okay. That's what I'm going with.
1: the so Matt's got the Texans. Chris, what about you? Well, I looked at some stats. And uh, so far in their two matchups this year, they combined to score. It was 58-58. to 58. They were tied this year. That's how close it was. And both road teams have won. Um uh, Indianapolis, their offensive line has been amazing this year. 18 sacks allowed. It's like really good. Houston, 62.
0: I was, so that's, that's a note that I had. Over the la- all season, like you said, Andrew Luck has been sacked 18 times. In the last four weeks, Deshaun Watson has been sacked 21 times. In four weeks, 21 times. That's something to consider that I believe personally that the Colts offensive line can stop the Texans' pass rush. They're one of the best lines in football. Um, I and like I honestly, like actually, Chris, finish your because I have a couple notes to say. So finish your point.
1: Okay. Yeah. So to me, if Houston can get after Luck, I think they have a chance. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's gonna happen. I I think Andrew Luck's gonna have a good game. T. Y. Hilton has had a lot of success against Houston in his past. I think he'll have a big day. So I I got the Colts. It'll be close. Thinking like I don't. Be low scoring too, like 23-17 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, what do you think, Zach?
0: Yeah, I, I just so things that I've been looking at is the Texans as a whole have playoff experience. The Colts don't, so that's something to consider. Like as a whole, I mean, you got Andrew Luck who's had that that one game against Kansas city. You guys remember that a couple of years ago? Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. I, I just saw that
1: 45, yeah, 44 or something. What like a game. That. That
0: so was crazy. Andrew Luck and T Y are probably the only people that have decent playoff experience. The rest of the team as a whole is pretty young. Um, but on the flip side, this is a bad matchup for Houston, at least from what I've watched and what I've been looking into. Like I said, already the Colts offensive line, I believe they can stop this. The three big men in, in Houston, mainly because of the scheme that gets run defensively. Um, their pass defense is not good. They they've shown periods where they uh where where they they could be lethal and could but I think Andrew Luck is going to tear him up tomorrow or tonight today this afternoon whatever. Um <laughs> they don't cur- they don't carry great man-to-man corners. Uh the Texans are more talented than the Colts as a whole, but like I said their scheme holds them back defensively from reaching like it I just see too much like they try to get too creative on defense instead of if you get, like, Clowney and Watt to just rush the front and trust them to do it, I, 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 they, they try to spice it up a little bit, throwing in all these, like, zone coverages that don't end up working. So, I, um, uh, who knows? Maybe they might switch it up. Um, I think the run game is going to struggle today against Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, it's something they've been trying to get pushed on the last couple of weeks. I think they're going to struggle. On the, with the Colts, their secondary is really solid, really so- solid secondary but Hopkins is going to be an issue. He's I, he's proved it all. I like Hopkins is the guy too where he doesn't need the spotlight to prove that he's good. Like he didn't drop a single pass this year. There's a stat that came out. Yeah. Like 100, 115 catches. 115 yeah. catches, zero drops. He's going to wow. show up today. Um so with that being said, like I know it sounds like I'm trashing on the Texans right now, but something to remember that Matt already said, Deshaun Watson at any point he can become the X factor. There is potential for Watson to absolutely tear apart this Colts defense. Um, At the end of the day, this is one of the hardest picks for uh, the wild card for me because it's, they've played each other, you know, twice already, got two decent matchups. Uh, uh, So I'm going to go with the Colts today. I think the offensive line is going to be a factor, but it's also hard to count. Like if if we're going into the fourth quarter and it's a, 21-17 21-17 game, you might have to go with Houston right there because Deshaun Watson is going to Watson all over that defense. So he,
2: he becomes uh, he becomes the best player in football in the fourth quarter easily. Like that, yeah. he, he just he just is. You know, yeah. that's, that's the way it is.
0: So we'll, we'll see. All, all in all, it's an awful matchup for Houston, but Deshaun Watson could turn it around. So I am I'm really looking excited. forward
1: to that one. That one, really, it's great because awesome.
0: usually the first afternoon game of the playoffs always features Houston every single year
1: they're in it, and it's always an ESPN. ESPN.
0: Always on ESPN, and it's usually <laughs> a pretty crappy matchup. It's just not really—I'm not schematically, but I mean, just like no one really likes the first game. But this one's interesting because yeah. we we know what to expect, but we don't know what to expect. So it, it could—it's a toss-up. We'll see. Knowing, um, the,
2: knowing the Texans look, I fully expect Deshaun Watson to like tear his ACL in practice this morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or you know, tripping down the stairs. Exactly. The yeah, it's, something like that. You know, um, all right, let's move on. Seahawks and Cowboys tonight on Fox. Um, my favorite matchup of the weekend by far. I'm so stoked for Seattle and Dallas.
2: Matt, what do you
0: think my about boys. your boys tonight?
2: My boys! It's uh, going to be a close one. The teams are built, the teams are built very similarly. They're very, they have very similar schemes. They want to hold the ball. They want to run the football. Uh, Seahawks actually do it better. They have more total rushing yards than the Cowboys do. The Cowboys they had the most in the league. Yeah, but the Cowboys Seahawks are the leading team. rush. So, I mean, it's tra- I guess it's a trade-off there. Um, I think when it comes down to, honestly, it's going to come down to the defenses in this game. Mm-hmm. I, everyone wants to say it's going to come down to Dak and Russell. But at the end of the day, I think Russell's going to give you a big drive at the end. It's what he always does. Yep. You know. And so I think it's going to be a – do I think Dak Prescott's going to be able to lead a game-winning drive against the Seahawks' defense in the playoffs? Probably not. So I think it'll come down to uh, if the defense can stop Russell at the end of the game. And I don't know. It's a tough one. I do think since the Seahawks are not at home, they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. That's kind of been the case with them through their entire franchise. If they're on the road, they have – if they struggle, if they're at home, they dominate. So I'm still going with the Cowboys. I think I think the – I think them playing in Jerry World is going to basically be the X factor. But it'll be close. It'll be really close.
1: Yeah. I like your points there about the, the defenses and the run game and stuff. It's gonna be really key that both teams run the ball well and the defenses play well. But to me, Russell Wilson in the playoffs is I mean, you can't really uh discount that. Like he's just been he's proven he's just been really good when it comes to this time of year. I haven't really seen Dak play all that much in the playoffs. I don't he doesn't have much experience. But even so, Prescott against the Seahawks has not been great. Um, he I think in week three he got sacked five times and he's had four picks in his career against the Seahawks in like two games, so I think he's going to struggle a little bit. I do think it's going to be very close um I think Zeke will have a really good game. I think Seahawks will run the ball well it'll be like a three point game or something like that, but it'll be it'll be tough in jerry's role that, that card's going to be rocking yeah. I'm looking forward to this game
0: I want you guys to consider this. Oh, boy. And I couldn't tell you the year. I don't remember the year. But a couple years in Dak Prescott's only playoff game against the Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah. His only playoff game. So it was a game overshadowed by one catch from Rodgers to Jared Cook. You guys <laughs> remember that catch? Yeah. That catch that literally sent me through my sliding glass door. I couldn't believe it. We, the Green Bay Packers won that game.
1: Was that still a catch from Des Bryant? That was before. Oh, oh was before. it
0: wasn't that game? Okay, that's right. But, but yes, it was <laughs> a <catch>. um, <laughs> uh, Something to consider. Dak Prescott's stats in that game in Lambeau Field. 302 passing yards, 63% completion rating, three touchdowns, one interception. I think we're going to see playoff Dak again tonight. I think the Seattle defense has a lot of good, but they're a little beat up. They let up a lot of points, and they struggle to stop momentum when it gets rolling. Momentum tonight being Zeke Elliott. I think Dak Prescott—I know it's gonna sounds like I'm fanboying right now, but I am already—I'm a big Dak Prescott fan. I think he's going to come in clutch. He's going to prove a lot of people wrong tonight. Um, Seattle on the road is, is an issue, as we talked about. Um, the, on offense, the Seahawks, they want to enforce the run. It's what they've been doing all year. But this Dallas defense—this is my second point on the Cowboys. This Dallas defense is about to be an issue. I think they're going to be an issue for the teams in this round, the Seahawks this round, and the team next round should probably be New Orleans if they win, right? Dallas, probably the Rams.
2: If the but if the Bears it depends,
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah, either either way, they're going to be an issue over the next couple weeks. Um, but today, I think. Uh, I think they're going to shut down the run in, in Seattle. I think they're going to shut him down. And once you shut down the run in Seattle, you're forced to give Russell Wilson the ball to make big plays in the air, which sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. So that's going to be an interesting matchup to look at tonight. Um, it's going to be a close one. Dallas has proved it all year. It's close games every single time. It's going to come down to the fourth quarter. It's going to be a primetime matchup that goes down to the last minute. You can't count out Russell, um, but listen, those are my two points tonight. Playoff DAC is coming, and this defense is going to be an issue.
2: Uh, I've got Dallas winning 31-28. You made a really good point about the momentum in the game. When the Seahawks played the 49ers, they looked like they were in control of the game. All of a sudden, uh, Mullins to George Kittle for a big, for a big touchdown. Mm-hmm. They go three and out. The Niners scored again. The Seahawks go three and out. The Niners drive the ball. The Seahawks go three and out. <laughs> yep. So this happens. When when you're a team that bases your entire scheme on running the football, and on first and second down, you get negative two yards running because the team just puts eight guys in the box. All of a sudden now you have Duck Baldwin and others at yep. wide receiver. <laughs> and you have Russell make a play, please. And it's tough, you know, when you only have one when you only have one target and everybody else kind of bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean that's a good point. If the if the if the Cowboys can get off to a hot start. Especially with Dak playing like he did last week. Yep. That's why that was a big deal because he was, he was playoff Dak last week. Yep. So if he can continue that with Zeke back in the lineup, it might be bad. If the the Seahawks have a rough first half, they can't run the football very well. The Cowboys drive the ball down the field. They could get out to an early lead. You made a Mm -hmm. good point. I didn't think about that. But
1: Russell Wilson is going to have to make some big plays that they're going to win too. I mean, he's, he's, he's probably the best deep ball thrower in the NFL right now, accuracy wise. Um, so if he can make a, a few plays down the field to Baldwin or Tyler Lockett or whoever, um, that'll give him the edge. If, if he doesn't, I think the Cowboys will probably get him. But I still stick with the Seahawks. Close game. Three-point game.
0: It, it, it's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be yeah, awesome. it's going to be I'm, fun. I'm looking great, forward to it. Great decision-making to make that the Saturday night game. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. um, Sunday afternoon at 1.00. Got the Chargers and the Ravens in the second matchup of the season for them. The last one was a great game. It was a very good game last time that Baltimore took away. Um, what do you get? Uh, Matt, what do you think? I, I, this is going to be – I'm curious about this matchup, but what do you think about Chargers versus Ravens today?
2: So reports, Chargers versus Ravens, reports are coming out that Hunter Henry is going to be healthy and available for this game against oh, the Ravens.
0: Right. I forgot about that, yeah.
2: Um, there's no, there's no definite status yet. This game is on Sunday.
1: Sunday at one. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's on Sunday at one. So we'll know tomorrow. Either we'll either do it tonight or tomorrow for sure. If he's going to play.
1: Gosh, that'd be that, interesting.
2: That's huge. I mean that when it comes down to it, they, I mean, they need a target. I mean, Antonio Gates is still there, but he's like, he's a shell of what he used to be, man. Yeah. He's not very fast. He can't get separation at the tight end position. You, all of a sudden now you give a guy like Hunter Henry who can pretty much beat every linebacker in man coverage. You can't man him up. He's too good. Mm-hmm. So that you have to put a safety on him, which stops your ability to, you know, which hurts your ability to stop the run game. And it just changes the scheme a little bit. But it, at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to matter. Lamar Jackson and this Baltimore Ravens team is, are they are hot right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to say that I want the Chargers to win. I love Phillip rivers. They're, they have had such a great year, but dang it. The Ravens are so good. Yeah. And they have a, they have, they rallied behind Lamar Jackson. They have a fantastic defense. They'll stop the run. They stop the pass. They get turnovers. They don't allow points. This is, this is a nightmare matchup for anybody. They can very easily get to the Super Bowl this year. I'm going, Ravens.
1: The Ravens are arguably the most complete team in the AFC right now. Mm-hmm. Offense, defense, special teams everywhere. Um, but yeah, it, rematch from week 16 or week 15. Well, one of those weeks. It was a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Uh, um, I, I agree with Matt. It's, it's going to come down. I mean, Lamar Jackson, first playoff game. I know he's amped. He's, he's ready to go. And, um, it's going to be a matter of if they can run the ball, if the Chargers can stop them. Um, and the Chargers are basically playing a 10 a.m. game and like with their bodies are, are set for a 10 a.m. game going cross country. It's going to be tough for them to win. I, I, I got the Ravens in this one, um, by seven points, 26, 19,
0: I think something to consider for this game again, this is, this is, I'm not, I mean, all these games are going to be my favorite matchups this week, but this is going to be an interesting game. Um, I think the winner of this game probably makes it to the conference title game, to be honest. I, um, I, so something to consider. And the reason I say that is because of this um, in the last three games, the Chargers have scored only 17 points combined in the first half of those games. The Ravens have scored 36 points. Chargers have also scored zero points in five of their last eight first quarters. The Chargers are not a good first half team. The way that they play is almost like we want Rivers to keep stacking up his fourth quarter stats. Like they're just, it takes them a, a while. They've proved it all year. It takes them a while to get started yeah Baltimore however they play like the Celtics in the third quarter where they just get stagnant and I feel there's a lot of feeling out in the third quarter almost and that maybe that can be pointed at for Jackson's inexperience or I don't I don't think really honestly I don't think maybe it's anyone to blame necessarily it's just the opponents that they've played have been good second half teams um that's something to look at for this matchup is the first it's once the second quarter ends, don't point the finger at the winner yet because it's, it's this is going to be a good second half te- game. Um, this chargers defense figured out Baltimore in their last matchup. They didn't stop the run all the way. I, again, I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but they didn't have, they didn't stop the run completely, but it was enough to make the Baltimore honest, basically make them play honest. Um, man, I feel like if if, if they run more like man coverage this week against the wide outs of Baltimore and have, um, uh, uh, Joey Bosa, right. That's their, yeah. Yeah. It have, uh, Joey Bosa. What I noticed in their last, I was watching a little bit of the film. What I noticed in their last matchup is they had him run a lot of spy and they pretty much had him run adjacent to whatever the option was going to be. So he was always on the option, and it did hold Lamar pretty well. So I feel like the defensive scheme, it holds Baltimore pretty well. Um, so if they can force Lamar to make throws, they might have a shot. However, and I'll move it to you guys right now if we want to make some closing thoughts on this game. However, this could be a coming out party for Lamar Jackson. I know a whole season already has been, but this could be the game where everyone says Lamar is – in the air, he's been good, but he hasn't been amazing. This could be his, all right, watch this. And he puts th- on a fantastic game in the air against yeah. a really good Chargers secondary. So those are just some things to consider. Um, can the Ravens be big enough to stop Phillip Rivers and this Chargers team when they're on a mission? It's hard for me to count out Phil Rivers. I don't know. I, I'm I'm a, at a toss-up. I think it's going to come down to like a field goal or a, la- a touchdown on the last drive in this game. It's going to be, honestly, which defense is big enough. Which defense is going to be big enough to stop a high-caliber quarterback, especially in Phillip Rivers like that. Um, I'm, honestly, I'm going to take a hot take. I'm going to go with Los Angeles tonight. Um, I, they This is a hot Baltimore team, but I think they can... Be big enough to stop Baltimore. Uh, any closing thoughts, guys?
2: I'm just sitting here waiting for someone to run a 5 2 against the Ravens, see you how know, that works. <laughs> <laughs> Put five down linemen on there and be like, run us now, idiot. <laughs> I'll four.
1: I mean, uh, Baltimore pressured Rivers so much in their last game, and he really struggled against it. And he honestly hasn't really been playing all that well in the past couple of weeks anyway. So right. they really he has to come alive. This offense has to come alive if they need a, if they want a chance to win this game. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to this game too. I I would be interested too if the Ravens end up wanting to use Flacco at all in any packages no. at all in the game. I don't think <laughs> I don't I don't think they would. Just that bum out of there. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, he's been good in the playoffs, but I don't know. I mean, you just never know in the playoffs. This is
0: Lamar's team. This it, is it, yeah.
1: I, I know Placo's pretty pissed off. Here, um, backing him up, but he,
0: so he, this is something else to consider. Uh, over since Lamar Jackson made his start, he hasn't thrown more than twenty-five passing attempts a game. That's so hev- I wouldn't that's even good. say that's how heavily <laughs> they rely on the run. They just have a balanced off- offense. So, if if
2: right run a heavy offense but yeah i mean
1: it's the rpo style that the game is turning into
0: i love it too i'm a huge fan and also like this is my last point chicago has the best defense in the nfl but baltimore is right there with them this defense is lethal so i think they they have
1: the best scoring defense in the nfl baltimore does they're so good so i don't know
0: i said los angeles and i'm sticking with it but i i Only because I think Phillip Rivers is going to, he's on a mission right now. He wants his ring. So we're going to, we're going to, we'll see what happens. I mean, this is, I'm really excited for this one, especially for Sunday afternoon. So
2: before we move on, I want to go ahead and just say I'm going to give props to John Harbaugh. He's done a stupid good good job coaching this year. Hmm. I just looked it up on Google. Apparently, the Dolphins are trying to trade for him. There are talks among the organization that in the offseason, they want to actually put together a trade package.
1: Brought those two. Well, John Harbaugh and Dude. Miami. The, the oh, Broncos are man. linked to them. Yeah, yeah, that could be huge. But but the Ravens are wanting two first round picks for him, so I don't know if any team's going to do that.
2: Yeah, well, he's a great coach, and I think oh, there yeah. was talks about him earlier this year, getting like like being scrutinized in Baltimore, and that was just stupid. This man is, this oh, yeah. Man, yeah. one of the craziest, one of the best coaches in football.
0: Yeah, I, I love John Harbaugh. It'll be good. Um, all right, last matchup of the wild card. Eagles versus Bears. What do
2: you guys think? I cannot bet against St. Nick, dude. Nick Foles, are you kidding me? Even yeah. if, even if, <laughs> even if, like statistically and based on scheme, the Bears have them beat everywhere, yeah. I don't even care. Nick Foles <laughs> is going to go in there, going to throw for like 350 yards and like three touchdowns, and the Eagles are going to win this football game. Mitch Trubisky is going to, I think he's going to have a rough game. Mm-hmm. The Eagles defense has come alive in the past couple weeks. And Mitch Trubisky, he can beat you on the ground, but he continuously struggles beating you through the air. And I think he's going to struggle in this game. Mm -hmm. And when it's cold, I want to make a point when it's cold, when it's really cold outside, people say the Bears have an advantage. Oh, in Chicago, Mitch Trubisky has been horrible in the cold. He's thrown like nine interceptions and two touchdowns (laughs) in cold weather. like freezing cold weather. Dude is not a good cold weather quarterback. And I think he's going to struggle in this game as well. And I think, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know what? It'll be close in the first half. I think in the second half, Mitch is going to throw a couple picks. The Eagles are going to score a couple touchdowns, and it's going to be a big, they're going to have a big lead. I think it's, I think this is going to be the game where people are just like, what is happening? <laughs> and Nick Fool's is going to beat them, but they're going to win by like at least 14 points, if not more. Yeah. That's, uh, I honestly think
1: so. No, I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, I, I think it'll be closer, but. You can't, you can't count out the magic of Saint Nick. <laughs> it's like when you look at the matchup, everything favors the Bears. It seems like, but it's just like the it's the Eagles. It's it's Nick Foles again. It's the same thing as last year. I mean, come on, man. It's like I, you got you got to go with him. You know, with it's, it? Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know about Mitch in the playoffs because I haven't seen him yet. We'll see how he does, yeah. but it's. It'll be cool. I mean, it's going to be cold. We know that. Nick Nick has played well in the cold. He's been here before. They just went to the Super Bowl last year. I, I, think, I think they got this game. Close one.
0: Yes. Tell On us. All of that. <laughs> Tell us. The, le, you guys remember the story of King Midas, the Greek mythologist story of the, the king. Everything he touched was gold. I know there was some... Big conflict in that story at the end. Not tomorrow night. Not tomorrow afternoon. Saint Nick is here to stay. Even if he gets traded, he's here to stay. Uh, this is gonna be like like you guys said, like Philly's not supposed to be here. They are not supposed to be the sixty all. in the playoffs, let alone or they shouldn't be in the playoffs at all. Grant from out the season they had, the defending champs where it was just gonna be another, you know, Madden cover type of story. Like, oh well. well all right, it was a good run. See you in, in the playoffs in a couple of years, but Philly's back. They pose a real threat to the best defense in the NFL. This is a really big, healthy offense, especially on the offensive line. This is what I've noticed. Like everyone on the offensive line is huge, and they give, they, especially over the last couple of weeks since Foles took over, they've given him so much time in the pocket to make decisions. When you get someone like Carson Wentz, who is a better out of pocket runner than Foles, it, it, it sometimes opened up uh, a lot of space in the A or B gap for linemen to come in and rush and, and take him out. And that sucked, one, because I like Carson Wentz, and two, he really struggled in those moments. Not Nick Foles. Nick Foles is so composed in the pocket, and he runs when he needs to, not just, oh, look, an open lane. Like, he finds, uh, especially with uh, Doug Peterson, He I, when they got Alshon Jeffrey early on, I knew that um, – he was going to be a real threat because they love those midfield passes, like especially those like slot crosses. They're a big fan of those, and that's yeah. something that like Foles really excels in. Um, so, like something that I was looking at though, like it's one as we kind of talked about already. It's so hard to discount Chicago's defense because they've been killing it all year. The secondary has been good for years now. They've really been good for. A year. They've shut down Aaron Rodgers on multiple occasions, but even before this year. Um, uh then they got the big defensive line and the, and just the front seven as a whole is huge. But it's not gonna be enough to stop Saint Nick. Uh it's this is I'm excited for this game. I am really excited because a lot of people are like, yeah, Philly's gonna win, but a lot of people don't mean it because it's like, well, logistically speaking, da 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 da. da, da. Philadelphia should not win this game, logistically speaking. They shouldn't, but, but they're they going will. to. They will. <laughs> Because this is just what happens in sports. This is the, a yeah. Cinderella story again. They're not supposed to be here right now. They shouldn't be in the ball, but they're going to get the prince again. So I am really excited. Um, another note, Philly's pass rush, pass, pass rush, English, sir, is really good. Not the same as last year, but once again, they weren't supposed to be good. And all of a sudden, they are. They're going to be a threat to Mitchell Trubisky. He, I, I, Matt already said it. I'll restate it. He's going to have a bad game. It's not going to be a good time for Mitch tomorrow. Um, yep. Philly wins. Nobody knows why,
1: but Philly wins tomorrow. And it's- they have all the momentum coming in here too. Yeah. And in the year beating the Rams on the road, they beat the Texans and then they shut up the Redskins, their rival to make it to the playoffs and get rid of the Vikings. I mean, they, they have all the momentum right now. I
2: yeah. want to say real quick though, two things. One, the Bears made a huge mistake last week. If they just let the Vikings win, they'd be playing the Vikings right now. Yeah. Yes. Why yep. didn't they just bench all their players and be like, beat us? That's fine. <laughs> they're <laughs> I don't a, know much, they're we'll a much better team than the Vikings. Like, I don't know. Was it more
1: of like trying to get like the Vikings, their rival, eliminated?
2: Yeah.
0: Well, it seems to be that case. Yeah, Aggie okay. said that they, that they just like to win. That's pretty much what his explanation was.
2: Right. But now you've opened up this door for Magic to take hold of the league and Nick Foles to beat you.
0: It's going to happen.
2: <laughs> Idiot. Also, I understand that. You want to win games. You don't want to yeah. voluntarily win. Oh,
1: that's, a, that's a tough situation.
2: I what I would have done personally, this is, I don't know if this has even ever been done, I would have went to halftime winning and be like, we're going to give up.
0: They'll <laughs> 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 start throwing picks <laughs>
2: No, 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 forfeit oh, just like... <laughs> Yeah, just forfeit the game Be like, guys, we can beat this Vikings team We're better, we've proved it in the first half We'll beat them next week
1: But would they give the Vikings momentum in that case?
2: No <laughs> I mean,
1: you don't They're don't like, oh, well, they don't think we're good like enough so.
2: Well, yeah. sure give him bulletin board material but i don't don't necessarily think it'd be that you
0: imagine being that? like i mean if you were a good team and you go out there and it's like if you're looking at the team and they're like we're gonna lose we're forfeiting because we want to play you because we can kick you (laughs) off like i would feel as a head coach and like well thanks but now i like i think we want to beat you next week but i'm just what like that, that, <laughs> the, the, any good man would look at that and be like, fine, we'll just go out there and beat your ass in the playoffs next week. But if Chicago was smart, they meet every matchup. And they would have freaking creamed Minnesota. They probably would have made this one the Saturday afternoon game. Cause it wouldn't have been a contest. It would have yeah. been it, it, Chicago. Be, this, oh, it makes me i watched that game. And I'm like, like I, I sent out a tweet and I got a lot of people that were like, no, like you have to, uh, you have to look at the, like he wants to win and he wants to take out his division rival fair a fair point but strategy you're allowed to use it in the nfl and and in sports but teams don't do it and it makes me so upset (laughs) because it's such a good matchup for chicago and they didn't take advantage of it now they're gonna lose
2: (laughs) yeah so yeah exactly but another point real quick before we move on about carson wentz there's been a lot of talk about you know obviously people know he's a better he's a better athlete he's a better player overall than nick Foles. Mm -hmm. but he has an issue with following the scheme and it's a really big issue. I watched a lot of Eagles football this year. And he has a really big issue. Like this first sign of any pressure, he'll immediately either run out of the pocket or just immediately throw it to Zach regardless of the coverage. Mm-hmm. And he has a hard time believing in the scheme. He'll have Alshon Jeffrey and he's he's gonna get open if he just throws him the ball. And he doesn't throw him the ball because he's like, yeah, but there's a there's a safety behind him. And it's like, yeah, but he's Alshon Jeffrey. He's like six foot four. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to spread the ball around because when you spread the ball around that makes the defense play honest and then you can run the football and that was a big issue they had with Carson and I, Carson's a better player but he's got to under he's got to believe in the scheme yeah any, any quarterback he has to believe in the scheme you know this isn't an issue that a lot of quarterbacks have because they play for an actual university with an actual head coach he plays for North Dakota State where he's literally a superstar he does whatever he wants he's far and away the best player in the entire division (laughs) in the division. He's the the most talented person in the division. So like he doesn't have a lot of experience with like listening to a coach and making sure you follow his scheme and play it, you know, play the quarterback position with your brain, not just with, not just playing it with your, you know, abilities. He's got to learn because if Nick Foles can lead them to another Super Bowl, there's going to be real talks in Philadelphia, man. Mm, There should be. Yeah. It's going to be real talks. Like, this, this is a fantastic team, and Carson Wentz can't get the best out of them. So,
1: Wentz see. would like, rely on the tight ends more than anybody else. He would just keep throwing it to Zach Ertz. Exactly. Every time. He wouldn't yeah. give it to Alshon. Nick Foles gives it to Alshon, to Ertz, to everybody. He spreads it around. That's why they're succeeding. He exactly. fits better with the scheme that they have right now than Wentz. I, I mean, Wentz is a better player, but it would be interesting. If the, if the Eagles do go far, I don't know what yeah. to do
0: that is a conversation that should be held because even when Wentz, I mean, it, it, the team really, they weren't like, Oh, thank God Foles is back. It was a sad moment when Wentz got, you know, downgraded for the rest of the season uh, to being out. But you saw in that next week, it was the first drive that Foles played and the team's like, Oh, let's freaking go. We're going to the playoffs. And they were, again, they were not supposed to make the playoffs this year. Like they were out of both the NFC East and the NFC as a whole. So the team looked rejuvenated when Foles came back in. And that again, like you're like you guys are saying, that's something that needs to be considered in the off season is who's our guy, you know?
2: I mean look, Cam struggled with this for like four years though. Yeah. Cam Newton in Carolina. He struggled with like following a scheme because he'd always been he's always been the best player. And then twenty fifteen happened and um him and Kyle Shanahan or not Kyle Shanahan, but him and his offensive coordinator, um, just basically were able to work together for the first time in his career and they blew defenses out. And then he hasn't really been able to reciprocate that. But again, it takes some young guys a while to start trusting, you know, you know, cause it's like, you have this like 60 year old guy and you're like, you're like this 23 year old hotshot quarterback. And you're just like, yeah, I got this man. I'm Carson Wentz. I don't need to listen to him. And it's like, eh, you do though. Like, <laughs> you know, it's a lot about football. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it takes a while for young guys, and I think he'll get there, but it's interesting because I think next year, Nick Foles is going to leave, and I think that team, that team will make the playoffs, and the Eagles will not make the playoffs, and it's going to be like, what happened?
1: Or if the Eagles somehow made, uh, win the Super Bowl, does Foles just go out and just like, just retire right <laughs> no, there? No. Back-to-back Super Bowls be done.
2: He can, he can get a big – I understand your point, but he can get a big contract this offseason. Especially with how good quarterbacks are paid. And he has been – for how well he's actually performed in Philadelphia, he's been really underpaid. He got money to go to the Rams, but he was only – he only got paid like two years. Or like, yeah, two years with the Rams. So, I mean, he still – he hasn't made nearly as much money as guys like Sam Bradford and guys like that. A lot of guys, Matt Stafford, a lot of guys in the league. So I think he's going to go to a team maybe like the – maybe the – I think the Cardinals are set on Josh Rosen. But I don't know. I think he'll go somewhere and make a lot of money.
1: Speaking yeah. of uh, money for quarterbacks, the interesting is that the the top six most or the highest paid qBs in the league right now no none of them have made the playoffs this year. It goes to show you it's yeah
0: crazy it's not how you build a football team anymore sorry Zach yeah yeah no it's it's fine i mean i'm i'm, in, I'm full on board with that bullcrap right now. If the listeners should go back to the last i think it was two weeks ago we Matt went off on mediocre quarterbacks uh, and are realistically mediocre quarterbacks getting these big contracts and how that's a problem. (laughs) uh, Go back and listen to that segment we had because made a lot of good points. Matt made a lot of good points and it's evident this week where you're seeing it, all these quarterbacks get the big contracts and they didn't take their team to the playoffs, which the general managers paid them to do.
2: So Vikings are going to get even worse. Yep, They have like three more years of this. And all a lot of their a lot of their young guys are coming off of their rookie contracts. Yep. Bad. <sighs> the Vikings bad. are gonna be so bad in like three years. <laughs> <laughs> no money and no quarterback Oh you know. <laughs> man. Be bad. Yeah, it's gonna be bad.
0: So yeah, a lot lot of it's gonna be a good weekend. I'm excited for the games. Um we haven't talked about basketball in a while. No. And I know we wanted to talk about the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Now they are just blowing it on not, right now. <laughs> they're not
2: playing great basketball, man. You got, obviously you got all the guys healthy again. So they're putting up big points, putting up big boy points, but, um, but they gave, but they gave up 135 to the Rockets, I think two nights ago
1: mm-hmm.
2: and Max Kellerman broke it down and it, it's kind of foolish. He, he's kind of, he just kind of did it because it's like, you know, everybody knows the Warriors are probably going to win again. Sure. But he essentially went on – I think he went on, like, the jump or something, and he broke down all the stats as to why the Golden State Warriors are actually, like, barely a top-five team in basketball. Like, you can argue they're not even in the top-five teams of basketball.
0: They're not, yeah.
2: Because their defense is so porous. They have, they have to score over 120 points a game to even win. And, yeah, when the guys are hot, they can do that. But if – listen, like – When you have to, when you have to put up that many points to win a basketball game, you're negating the point of having all the superstars. Yeah. Because other teams can score 120 points, and you're not scoring 120 points. So why do you have, you know, five all stars on your team? You can't do any better than like because the the NBA is at a point right now where you have so many good three point shooters. It's kind of stupid. I've been playing 2K. And it's ridiculous how much the game has changed in, like, three years. Oh, yeah. Because that's how much the league has changed in three years. Like, you got these guys coming out of college, and they're, like, five steps back from the three-point line. And Trey Young's just like, boop. And it's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) This is the norm. Like, this is the norm now. You have guys who just only practice three-point shooting. And because of that, teams can now put up 120 points. Luka Doncic comes out of... He comes from overseas, and he's just like, oh, spin around. Whoa, boom. And he's just, like, making 35 points a game. It's ridiculous. No, the um, big men can shoot, too. Yeah, and Brooke Lopez so- is shooting better than Clay Thompson this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know,
1: I don't
2: know.
1: You know who has the best three-point shooting percentage in the league? Curry. Seth Curry.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Seth Curry.
2: Are you
0: serious? Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. That's Steph. Thanksgiving was probably awkward Curry. at Curry House this year.
2: <laughs> it's probably awesome. Steph <laughs> finally, finally got to brag about something. <laughs> his entire life, he's never been able to brag to Steph. His entire life, and now finally he's like, "Hey Dad, you see, uh, you see who's leading the league in three-point <laughs> Yes. Yes. <sir. laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh man, he's actually having a good year. Yeah, good for him. It's it's been
0: a good year. But um,
2: but uh, I think I don't know how, how the, what the Celtics have been doing.
0: Celtics are undefeated in 2019. I think we all need to. They're, they're a big look
1: fans look of that. Dirk Nowitzki. I know that.
0: Yeah, they do. Sure. That was I was actually really awesome. I was, was I was terrible. watching the game last night, like begging. I'm like Dirk, please make something. Do it. He didn't score, it, did he? Nope, zero points. Yeah. Zero for eight from the field. It's <laughs>
2: <That's> really bad.
0: <laughs> Look, man, the Celtics. I'm gonna try to. I, listen, I've got a history of being super biased on this show. I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna stay calm today. Uh, the Celtics were coming back, man. Jalen Brown has been on fire recently. He's he's back. Hayward's had two good games in a row. Even with Kyrie out, Scary Terry has come out and he's proved how good of a, of a starting point guard he is.
1: Kyrie can't see.
2: Uh, what a shock. Even with, Ky- um, with Kyrie, Kyrie out, Ed, Gordon Hayward's <laughs> putting up 35 <laughs> points. That, in, and that's a, point,
0: that, that's a point I wanted to make. Uh, yeah. I've had a lot of questions since Kyrie's been out. Um, it, the Celtics, I'm not, I'm not going to blame Brad Stevens for this because I don't think it's his fault. I think this is a Kyrie Irving situation. The Celtics don't know what their identity is when Kyrie's on the court. They switch back and forth between Ky- run isos with Kyrie and have him make plays. And are like by himself and Kyrie passes the ball off too much. And the players like it's literally like if you're playing with like if I were on the court with Kevin Durant, we were playing two on two. Me and KD versus I don't know who doesn't matter. I would never expect KD to pass me the ball. I'm like, you just do your thing. It's pick up. And then it's like if I were to get the if you were to run in and lob it over to me from behind the arc, I wouldn't know what to do and be like, I was not prepared for this put it up, of course it's a miss because I was not prepared for it. Nobody's prepared to get the ball when Kyrie's on the court. And then when they are, Kyrie's like, no, I got this. I'll drop 40. And it's like, okay, cool, we won. So it's like they don't know what their identity is. And I know Brad and Kyrie have gone through uh, a bit of an identity issue as a duo recently. And so this is something to consider. I know the Celtics, I'm I'm not going to jump to conclusions yet. It's still really early in the season. I know a lot of people don't look at they look at basketball season officially starts after the All-Star break. That's when things start getting serious, after p- football yeah. season ends. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to make conclusions until March or April, but they want Anthony Davis. They, they've been, they're have been they trying to get Anthony Davis. Is that something to consider? Maybe letting go or trading Kyrie to make some cap room, tr- uh, letting him go to get an AD. I don't know. It's just something they need to look at it. But Kyrie, st- I love Kyrie. He's still amazing. But the Celtics, as a unit, The the hospital Celtics, as we saw last night, looked a lot better, especially defensively. Especially defensively, yeah, looked better.
2: And when you play great defense, it transitions into fast break points, yeah, and it allows you to get easy buckets on the other end. See, that's the great teams. When teams are great, that's what they do. They not only do they force turnovers, but they'll stop you and they get momentum and they're able to get easy buckets. And the Celtics are able to do that when they have a defensive heavy lineup out there with Jalen Brown. And then they have Jason Tatum and they have Gordon Hayward. They have guys that can get stops defensively, force turnovers, and get easy buckets. And that's the best way they can play a game. That's the, they, that's the best way you can score in the NBA.
0: Yeah. You know? So, so, I don't know. I mean, I we're winning. I, we're winning, so I'm happy. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man.
2: Yeah. Well, because of, the, because of the weird rules, Celtics can't trade for Anthony Davis until the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, because I guess you can't deal first round picks in back-to-back years. It's called like the Siebert rule or something, something weird like that. Um, mm. but they traded the first round pick last year, so they can't trade their first round pick this year. Yeah. Um, so this the the Lakers are the only team that realistically can get Anthony Davis this year. Which is why a bunch of people are like, trade for him now. Because if you wait until the offseason this year, uh the Celtics probably gotta get him. Like <laughs> mm, the yeah. Celtics have a lot more, not only do they have a lot more draft picks, but they have Kyrie Irving they can deal. So if the, if the Lakers wait until the, the offseason to get Anthony Davis or to try to trade for Anthony Davis, I think the Celtics might get him instead. Yeah, yeah. The,
0: I've, I've been seeing a lot of talks about that. That people are uh, like, I saw, I think it was Bleacher Report that dropped. a – put like a, teams that could make a blockbuster deal. And when they, the Celtics were the number one team and the, the three names they put up were, were uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. Yeah. I saw those and I'm like, okay, take those names away and put in one yeah. in Kyrie Irving. You know New Orleans would be okay to get Kyrie over there. You know it, because they need a point guard. And they're willing and give and throw in like two first round picks. They've got like six. How many first round picks do they have? I think in total they imagine. had six. <laughs> over the next two years, they have like six or seven first and second round picks. Like they are low Danny Ainge is so loaded. He loaded the Celtics uh run office right now with draft picks that they are more they've got the championship team right now. They don't need those draft picks. They can let them all go, and they'll be fine because they're going for the – with Jason Tatum especially and Jalen Brown, this is a championship-caliber team for the next five to seven years. So I am really excited. And if if I were to pull up my phone one day uh, over the next couple months and saw Kyrie Irving traded, I wouldn't cry. A couple months ago, I probably would have thought about it, but I would not be upset if I saw that. I love Kyrie. I love what he's doing. Can't wait to have him back. But I'm happier with the Celtics when he's off the floor. Sorry.
2: Sorry. I feel the same way in the heat with Dwayne Wade off the floor, to be honest. Yeah.
0: yeah I, mean, <laughs> I mean, like, to be Love honest. you, wade but be our mascot instead.
1: <laughs> he might make the All-Star team this year just because of all the fan votes. Fan
2: vote. Gosh, dang. did you see that Derrick Rose is, like, third in voting?
1: Yeah. Luka, 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 Luka Doncic like is like ahead a of... This year. I, think, I think Doncic is ahead of AD and Kevin Durant in the All-Star voting this year. Yeah. Crazy. This is like second, behind LeBron. I hate fan vote. <laughs> <laughs> I have another interesting headline though. um What's up? We heard about uh, Jimmy Butler with the 76ers oh. and all the beef that's going on between him and Brett Brown right now. I don't know what is up with him, but they're they're fifteen and six with Jimmy Butler on the floor, which is like that's that's good. <laughs> and he's like trying to break up the big three there in the process. What is going on with Philadelphia right now, and Jimmy Butler? What are they gonna do? What do you guys think?
2: Uh I mean it's with with this mean that's that's tough, man. Yeah. Um I don't know. They're in a tough position because they have guys that are they have a lot they got stars, but the stars don't really work together.
1: <laughs> it's like they they gave up like, a lot for Jimmy. So yeah, do they, they trade him again?
2: I don't think they trade him again.
1: I don't know. They let uh, the season it's, go. It's really tough,
2: know. dude. Um I mean, Jerry Butler's good. I don't think you get rid of him. I think he I think that work. I think he, he can work there. Um
1: must be something wrong with him in the locker room or something. Like wherever he goes, yeah, he's right now, there's something let, wrong with him.
0: Let's be frank, he's just a pompous asshole. Like, yeah. He is. He, he, he's, he's a dick. And he yeah. proved it time and time again. Yeah. Uh, that it's almost like it drives me like again, I saw the report and I wasn't surprised at all. And it's it's almost as if he walks in and he says, why are we not undefeated since I got here? And it's like, well, you're this is right. a Sixers team that emphasize the trust, the process. And Jay and Jimmy Butler looks at it like I am the process. Like
1: they've been is better the, since he got there. This was never
0: your team to begin with. You were brought in to help the team, not to make it like if, if you're going to give the label to anybody is Joel on beat it's his team him and simmons so and jj JJ reddick that's a team's team you know what i mean i don't like the 76ers but i'll give him that that's a team that plays for each other you know and he walks in like no it's my show and tries to switch everything up so if he were to get traded i'm sure we'd see another headline like this at a different city of jimmy butler calls out starting point guard saying you're trash like (laughs) come on butler what are you doing yeah
2: i don't know man and he has a YouTube channel now, and it, it kind of, like, for a while, it made me, like, yeah, because, you know, you want to put yourself in the best light possible. Sure. So, you know, it's like, you know, it made me kind of like him a little bit more because he was, like, you know, he, he seemed like a normal dude. Maybe he just got unfairly criti- – nope, absolutely did not get unfairly criticized. He's <laughs> absolutely a prima donna. Like – and the Sixers are in a bad position right now because Ben Simmons is great, but you can't have a star on your team – that doesn't get the ball in his hands. Yeah. Like Jimmy, that's an issue. That's the issue. Honestly, is that Ben Simmons is the point guard, but he doesn't really know how to run an offense very well. And so what ends up happening is like, he ends up trying to make plays, but he ends up having to ditch the ball at the last second to Jimmy with like two seconds on the shot clock. And Jimmy's just like, thanks. And it has to (laughs) just go for a miracle shot consistently. And then Joel Embiid never gets the ball because Ben Simmons forgets he exists. And so and beats talking trash in the media, just like, man, I should get the ball more, like, I should do more. And that's on a point guard, again, because Ben Simmons is not a point guard. He's just a point forward that can't score very well. And <laughs> can't shoot yeah. free throws. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's a good player. Dude's, like, 20 years old. But uh, he, he's, not, he's not a win-now player. He's, he's one of those players, kind of like Giannis, in his, like, second year, where it was like, he's gonna be great. But... He's just not there yet. Yeah. Already put Ben Simmons in the top 10. And it's like all of his big games are when they lose. Like he's not right now. He's not one of those players that like helps you win a basketball game. He makes good plays sometimes, but Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler, both are guys that they're going to take over a game and they're going to help you win a lot more than Ben's going to right now. And that's, I mean, it's like 20. You got to grow. That's how the NBA works. Zion Williamson is not going to come in the league next year and be super efficient and help the team he goes to win basketball games. He'll yep. have games where he puts up a lot of points and he's flashy and he looks good, but it takes guys a couple years. You know, that's just the way yeah. that it works. It's
0: a new league order.
2: Wow. they, they need a guy like Clay Thompson, man. Yeah, like any, do. any team that has Ben Simmons, they, you need a guy like Klay Thompson, a star that's OK with just basically sitting and shooting doesn't need the ball in his hands they have jj reddick but uh, they need like two of them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they need, you need, you need, realistically you need jj reddick and you need like another shooter to for ben simmons to work yeah because yeah it's tough
0: yeah well we'll see I'm, I'm sure after as soon as we post this we'll see a new headline that jimmy butler chokes out joel and in a bar fight or something <laughs> i don't know Hey.
1: hey, hey, before we close though,
0: what
1: I want to see what are your guys' pre playoff Super Bowl picks? Oh, that's right, who you that. got making it to the Super Bowl? And uh, Maddie Ice, you want to go first?
2: Yeah, yeah, dude, I got a uh, really, really basic. I'm gonna go ahead and go with like the main teams everyone thinks you're gonna get to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? I'm gonna go ahead and say, uh, Ravens and Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Is that a hope for, or what do you actually think?
2: Um, I'm joking. I'm yeah. gonna go with uh, Saints Patriots.
1: <laughs> yeah, the one we hope. Saints
2: Patriots, man. Everyone's like, Patriots are done, and it's like, yeah, but Tom Brady. They'll
0: find the way back.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, Saints
2: are fantastic. They have home field advantage all through the playoffs. Um, if any team can go into the Superdome, beat them, it's gonna be the Cowboys. But I don't think that's even gonna happen realistically,
1: no,
2: so I'm going Saints Patriots.
1: Pretty. I got Saints Ravens. Got Ooh. the Ravens going all the way.
2: And I can okay. see the Ravens, I can see the Ravens beating the Patriots. It's just that
1: yeah.
2: rookie quarterback he has. They have to go to Gillette Stadium. Lamar Jackson's got to yeah. go to New England and beat Brady in Gillette. I don't know if he can do that.
1: But I I, I kind of... I, I mean, I, I think if they, if they do go to the Super Bowl, they have to go through... They have to beat the Chargers, and they have to probably go through Kansas City, and then have to go through New England to be able to get there. But just the way that they're rolling right now, they're just... They have a lot of momentum. And I I don't know. I just have a feeling they're going to go all the way. But I got the Saints winning it all.
0: I... Yeah. What, I what I want, before I say what is probably going to happen, I want the defensive Super Bowl, the good defensive Super Bowl, we haven't gotten in a very long time between the two best defenses in the NFL in Chicago and Baltimore. Ooh. That's what I want. I want a bloody matchup that, not literally bloody matchup, be safe, guys. I want a, <laughs> a, a in-the-trenches matchup that doesn't get past like the 40 yard line of their each side that if you want to get points, you earn points. I want that Super Bowl. We're not gonna get it. We're gonna get Patriot Saints. It's 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 happening. We know it's happening. But the I still have my opinions and they matter, people. <laughs> so they that I think that's what we're gonna get. It's probably gonna be Patriot Saints. But I wanna make one last point before we leave, before you guys wanna make your final points if you have any nobody's been talking about the Rams for good reason because they look sketchy right now. But so that makes tough. me a little nervous. It makes me want us to all start talking about the Rams again, just so when they lose it's expected, but it makes me a little nervous that like we're under, we're looking at the chiefs, we're looking at the Patriots. We're looking at the saints. Like, Oh, the, those are the, the real number one or number one and 2 bye bi-week teams. But I don't know. It makes me. I, I see Sean McVay just like sitting in his office, like plotting. Like, yes, nobody's talking about us. This is exactly. Oh,
2: well, I'd be happy
1: if I were them. <laughs> yeah,
2: see, the Rams. The Rams awesome. aren't plotting. They're watching film, trying to figure out how to have a good offense without Cooper Cup there. That's <laughs> what they're is doing. True. They're trying to figure out how to be efficient without their best, re- without their most efficient receiver. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Because <laughs> they have struggled offensively without That's Cooper the there. If if Gurley so, doesn't show up,
0: they don't produce.
1: So and
2: exactly. they need to stick with Gurley because again, he'll show up and then they just stop giving him the ball. So, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, pretty they... much only have two weapons in the air: Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. Without Cooper Cup, they don't have that other option.
2: Yeah, right. they don't have they don't have like the slot, the Beasley, no. the Edelman. They don't have they, they need a guy like that. You know? I need that they white don't have...
1: guy in the middle. Need...
2: And yeah. with that. Hey,
0: <laughs> if you like the Town Podcast and our semi racial comments, you can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Bye,
1: guys. Bye, guys.
2: Bye, guys. See you next week.